My name is Dana Alston. You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello, you're listening to the Emerald Podcast. I'm Matt Brock. And I'm Dana Alston. And today we're going to be talking about the latest Zelda title from Nintendo, Breath of the Wild. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Full title. Okay, fine. Anywho, I haven't had the opportunity to play it yet, but uh, Dana here has gotten pretty into it. And uh, this is a pretty big release. Everyone's really excited about the newest Zelda. Um, Even though it's pretty different from more of the recent Zelda games we've had. What do you think so far, Dana? Um, well, a bit of context. So the, the story behind behind how I got this game, I was not planning on buying a Switch, and I still haven't bought a Switch, um, so I've been playing it on the Wii U. And I was over at Gateway Mall, or for those listeners who don't know where that is, a local mall, and it was in line to go see a film, and I had an hour because I got there super early, so I wandered over to GameStop, and the Switch was releasing in a couple hours along with this game. And I said, do you have any more copies? And he's like, we have four, but you'll probably have to wait until midnight in order to grab one because they'll go super fast. So I, after the movie's over, I just waited in line for like an hour and a half. Yeah, I Would- hear both the Switch and Legend of Zelda are basically sold out everywhere these days. I'm actually kind of surprised you got a copy. But- yeah, um, I am too. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm about eight, eight to ten hours in. I haven't been keeping exact track. Um, but it's been absolutely incredible so far. I'm a huge fan of this series. Twilight Princess, which was the release that came out with the Wii in 2006, is my favorite, one of my favorite games of all time. Um, and this one so far has blown it out of the water, which is saying a lot for me. Yeah. So what was the last guild or Zelda game you played? Um, the last one I played, I was playing the Twilight Princess remaster um, for the Wii, which came out last year. Ah, okay. It's been... I'm- Huge fan of Zelda. I played a lot of Ocarina. Um, I think I got mm-hmm. most of the way through Twilight Princess. Um, well, the latest I, unique Zelda title I played was Skyward Sword back in 2011. Yeah. I uh, I played a lot of the handheld ones. I really liked uh, Phantom Hourglass. That's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I also played Link Between Worlds since we're talking about handhelds. I, I consider... So I, I grew up playing the 3D Zeldas, so uh, yeah. I consider the um, handheld ones like Minish Cap and Oracle Seasons and Link's Awakening and... Um, link between worlds to be sort of separate yeah um, definitely i consider the 3d ones to be sort of the main entry the main entries which for some is blasphemy but that's just how i view them yeah um, that's understandable and then you also kind of have the divide there's a little bit of like the wind waker zeldas mm-hmm. compared to the more i guess like twilight princessy zeldas yeah and nintendo released this compendium of Ze- like they they basically finally released this compendium with all the lore in it and you figure out there's like five or six different timelines and each timeline has its unique art style when it comes to the actual video games yeah definitely the consensus i hear is they finally released a book that explains everything except it explains nothing, nothing and yeah. just says a thousand more questions exactly yeah so breath of the wild speaking of timelines we're not i'm not exactly sure where this takes place but the story of the game is that Link awakens... Link, the hero of Zelda, for those who are unfamiliar, awakens after a hundred years in this shrine of restoration, and he's awakened by the voice of Zelda. And he says, wake up, you are this hero that needs to save the world. So he awakens, he gets out of the shrine, and he's thrust onto this magnificent-looking world that's completely open to the player. In the middle of the world is Hyrule Castle, around which Ganon is floating throughout the entire game, and you can travel to face him at any point. 
but if you try to do it immediately, you will pretty much get wrecked. Yeah, so, you'll basically get stomped. Right. The so, the, so the plot of the game is Link traveling around the world to gain strength until eventually he's able to defeat Ganon. Yeah, it, it's really interesting. Uh, from from my perspective, a lot of the more recent Zeldas have been more. They're still kind of open world, but they've been like a linear open world, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Absolutely. Um, to me, this seems kind of a throwback to more of like the original Zelda, where you just like wake up and you're like, all right, figure stuff out. Go find right. the old man. Go find the old lady. Absolutely. Um, during the development, Nintendo really iterated that this was their attempt to go back to the roots of Zelda. The very first game was is similar to this one in that it drops you in the middle of the world and gives you absolutely no direction. This one holds your hand a little bit just because they've figured out like some tricks of modern game design that make it easier for the player, but you are free to do pretty much whatever you want. And I mean that literally. If you can see some place off in the distance, you are able to travel to it thanks in part to a climbing system. Um, Link is now able to scale any, uh, any surface that he wants, permitted that you have enough stamina to reach the top of a mountain or so. So it, it makes everything traversable, which means that if you if you have the proper tools, nothing will get in your way. From what I've seen, it's really impressive. And some of the other things, it seems like a really, of all the Zelda games, this definitely feels like the most like living world, even though it's kind of like overgrown and sparse. Just some of the things I've seen, like uh, a popular image going around is you stand on a bridge and it looks like you're going to jump. And an NPC walks up and is like, no, oh, you have so much to live for. Don't jump. <laughs> I have, is, yeah, I saw that too. I, haven't, I have not encountered that, but just... If you stand still and let things happen, the world around you evolves dynamically. For one particular mission, you have to carry a torch up a hill. So you have to start at the bottom of a town, light a torch on fire, and carry up in the hill. This is really early on. And we were about 300 feet away from our objective, and it started raining, and the torch extinguished. (laughs) So we had to go to an inn and sleep through the weather in order to complete our quest. And that was completely random and not story-related at all. Other things, I mean, you you can look up in the air and see, like, flocks of birds just randomly flying around in the V formation. Clouds fly organically over the world. I stood in one place for a day, and different shaped clouds created different shaped shadows over the landscape. Um, Wow, that's really impressive. Yeah, it is. Especially, so it's worth noting that the art style allows it to be more impressive than it really is graphically. So, I mean, up close, the textures are a little muddied, but the art style is so cartoonish and um, Mm Miyazaki-esque that it allows its beauty to really come through on screen. Yeah, personally, I, I love the more kind of like the mix between not like super cartoony like Wind Waker but still kind of kind of a grounded in realism mm-hmm. cartoony yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um that's definitely probably one of my favorite art styles. Well, and it's it looks a lot like Skyward Sword, but it doesn't look exactly like Skyward Sword. So the Skyward Sword was the last major 3D title to come out and it had a bunch of flaws in my opinion. The first being that your shield could break in that game, which mm. was infuriating. Consider, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, well, your shield could break, and you can't just pick up another one. Like, it's a process to build a yeah. shield in that game. In this one, your shield can break, and weapons can break yeah, too. Everything can break. Everything can seen. break, but finding other weapons are so is so easy and common that it's not really a hindrance on your adventure at all yeah so, so, so you say break is a can you like fix up your weapons afterward or? no so first of all the the, ga- the game is very difficult yeah it's people have been calling it dark souls yeah, zelda. The dark souls of zelda which yeah. you can make the argument that uh dark souls and zelda are basically the same game with a very different uh 
motif. But right, sure. That's a discussion for another day, I think. Right, <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, this this game definitely brings them closer together. It, it's extremely hard to fight a group of enemies now. Yeah, and um, Zelda, historically... Ex- historically, guess, it's been very yeah. easy. Skyward Sword kind of ramped up the difficulty, but that was mostly because the fighting system required, relied so much on really shoddy motion controls, and yeah. it was just hard <laughs> to get through. Um, this game is hard. I have died... I can't count on my hands the number of times I've died in over like a an hour span. Yeah, and and then that's been one of the bigger criticism of Zelda throughout the last few years is that it it has gotten very easy. I think a lot of people people love Ocarina, but a lot of other people who are like very longtime fans of Zelda think Ocarina kind of ruined the series to a degree because it very it made the combat form of or follow a very specific formula yeah if you you understand what i mean yeah and i completely agree with that i think it's way too easy to get through an adventure that's supposed to be dangerous and eventful yeah to go back to your question though it is difficult and part of that difficulty is that the weapons and shields can break and bows can break so you begin the game you can you find weapons in chests you um, if you kill an enemy, you can pick up their club. Mm. Sometimes there are little mini dungeons sc- scattered throughout the world called shrines, and those sometimes have weapons in them as well. There's a plethora of options for you in in terms of finding weapons, but if you use them, if you overuse them or you use them a certain amount, they will shatter. Yeah. Um, and so, so it's kind c- of maybe conserve your better weapons right. for more important fights. Right. Exactly. So in my inventory right now, I have four or five clubs that are pretty weak, but I use them just when I need to fight. Yeah, smack those moblins or yeah, whatever exactly. they're called. <laughs> cool. So one of the things that I've I've probably spent hours listening to the new soundtrack, but what do you think of the new music? Zelda's known for having really impressive musical store scores, but what do you think of the latest? Yeah, so this is actually an interesting topic. So this game, for all of its open-worldness and epicness, actually has a score that's very subtle. Zelda's known for these sweeping orchestral themes. Skyward Sword had a full orchestra. Yeah. Uh, actually recorded, and that was the first time in the series that happened. And this one does too, but it's very piano-based and quiet. And I think it's meant to reflect the serenity of the world you're walking around in. Yeah, because it's a very open. It's more of like a, I guess, a calmer tone for running through a field rather than... Yeah. yeah, but but it does. How does it pick up during like? Do boss fights have like their own specific themes? Or? Yeah, uh, boss fights have specific themes, and when you fight enemies, sometimes it kicks up to an up tempo mm. driving rhythm. But there are also times when I'm when I run into a singular enemy, and the music doesn't change because I just defeat him super easily, and it. It's almost a benefit that the music doesn't change because it paints this portrait of a living, breathing world where think these things just sort of happen, yeah. and. The way that the world is dynamic is just such such a breath of fresh air for not only this series, <laughs> but for Nintendo in general. Um, it very, feels like Skyrim. Yeah, that's that's kind of the tone I got. At first, when I first heard they're making a Zelda that's super open world and you, it's, it kind of looks like this crafting survival base. First, I just facepalm because like, uh, please don't do that to Zelda. But I, I'm pretty satisfied with the results. It's... It's not like particularly great. It's like I didn't want Minecraft Zelda, but he kind of I think he captures that like cool open world feeling of mm-hmm. games like Minecraft, but still keeps the like this is definitely Zelda still. You know? Yeah, it's really impressive. Uh, I don't know how many times I've said that, but it's yeah. it bears <laughs> repeating. I mean, it says a lot if there's 
only about one word you can use to describe it. But. Yeah, just based on eight or ten hours in this, I think this probably is contention for the best game in the series, just based on terms of quality. Yeah. Uh, rather than influence. If you take influence into account, I think Ocarina of Time has to be up there. But in terms of the, just how fun fun each game is to play, this might be the best one. And that's saying a lot because that this series is known for being extremely high quality and for just being a, a showcase of Nintendo skills as a developer. Yeah. So, so one thing I found interesting, Legend of Zelda has, you know, a very big reputation a lot of people are surprised they actually released this on the Wii U instead of just the Switch mm-hmm. as a real, like, system seller for the Switch. Mm. Well, I mean, there's there's context for it. When Twilight Princess came out, it was a Wii launch title in 2006, but it mm-hmm. also came out on the GameCube at the same time. So it's not it's not without basis that they've done yeah, this. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the big knock against the Wii, the fact it was re- also released on the Wii U was that was that the Wii U has weaker hardware than the new console, so the Switch. Yeah. And people were afraid that it would be dumbed down in some way, and I can tell you that I can't. I haven't played them side by side, but the Wii U version runs fine, save for a, a tiny... There's, like, frame rate jumps when there's yeah. a lot happening on screen, but it's When you, not, like, go to a village and there's, like, a dozen people... Right, and there's not... And But that it's not crippling in any sense of the word. It's very playable, it's very fun, and, I mean, based on some of the hardware reviews I've heard about the Switch, it might actually be more comfortable to play on the Wii U controller, so... Yeah, I've heard... Yeah, I've heard I've heard a lot of things. People, the Switch is very new still, basically as new, new as the new Zelda. Um, a lot of people are still like testing the be- benchmarks and everything. Yeah, and you know it doesn't have a lot of games yet, so we can't really see the full limits of its capabilities. Right. But, I don't know. I think I think it's kind of an odd choice, especially in kind of the the current gaming climate. If that makes any sense, I don't know. I think I'm glad they made they aren't holding it hostage. They're making it as accessible to every to I, fans as they can make it. And I think that's a benefit, honestly. Rather than questioning the decision, I think... I mean, I've met seven, several people who want to play this game but don't want to buy a Switch because it's $300. Yeah. One, in retrospect, if I had more time to play video games, I would actually may have invested in a Switch to play this game. Oh, yeah, me but too. But two, since I already had a Wii U, and since the Wii U is now probably going to be a lot cheaper in the coming few months or years... This is a legitimately a great option yeah. to just either buy it for the Wii U or just buy a Wii U and this game. Yeah, I think it. it. I think it kind of even breathes breathes a little more life into the Wii U, even though the Switch is out now. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, I think we're this podcast is coming to a close. Just yeah, I think um, that's final recommendation. If you have an option to play this game, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, definitely. So uh, you've been listening to the Emerald Podcast. I'm Matt Brock, and I'm Dana Alston. And we'll see you next time. To hear more from the Emerald Podcast Network, you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud and listen to these episodes right on the Emerald homepage at dailyemerald.com. Feel free to leave a comment. Thanks for listening.